I was talking to somebody and they said, how do you do that every day? Like, how do you make it okay for kids? And I said, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. Pandemic school can sometimes suck. It really does. My kids say they want to come back to school. Remote teaching is messy. For me to sit there and say, oh, show me your whiteboard. What whiteboard? It, it, yeah, what whiteboard, what paper, <laughs> hold it closer, what, I can't hear you. Um, there, there is messiness to it. Um, and, and it is hard. I can't, I, it's hard to see what my kids are working on. But if you look at all those negatives and, and you don't focus on what you can do, and what you're gonna do, and what you'd like to do. And what the kids are able to do. And what do. they're able to do, then you're gonna be stuck in the messy. Hello everyone, and welcome to the 205 Vibe Podcast. I am your host, Earl Dodson Jr. You know, I know I always say this. What is this, Mr. Producer, episode 27. I know I always say this, but I'm super excited. Super duper. Episode 28? <laughs> episode 28. You know, whenever I get to talk to teachers, it just is, um, you know, it's fabulous, right? Because I love their insights and learn more about, um, you know, how how are they how are they're doing and and how they're serving our students and families. And so, with me today, ladies and gentlemen, I'm at Riverdale, and just so everyone knows, we are socially distanced. We are safely apart from one another as we do this podcast. But I have with me Beth Conklin, Michelle Erlocker, and Janine Shoemaker. Yes. <laughs> so, hello, ladies. Hi. So before we jump into just our conversation, one of the things that I like about just we we talk we like during our pre-talk before we kind of went on air, they as what they do, they helped educate me about kind of what exactly is happening here at Riverdale from a standpoint of um, remote kids versus in-person students. And so if anyone wants to just kind of shed a little light on um, just the situation, just for our audience to understand how you are, how are how are how does it look at Riverdale with in-person students and remote students and kind of you all are remote teachers but just how does it look here at Riverdale Well half of our students elected to be in person and about half elected to be um, remote so right now in first grade we have four in-person teachers and then three remote teachers and I think across the board in our classes we're pretty pretty full so I don't know and we don't just have Riverdale students uh, a lot of our remote teachers have uh, students from other schools and we have a pretty good group of kids in person I only have one student that's actually from Riverdale all my kids are spread out across the district well so I think that's important right that just to give people you know everyone a visual of kind of what that looks like you know there you all have students from all across the district so Shout out just for, you know, taking that on and adjusting to what that looks like now. Um, part of why we wanted to talk to and have this particular podcast is um, this group of teachers here have found, um, you know, it has, I'm, I'm, I'll let them tell it, but they have found some success and, and with remote teaching and some things that they have found that has worked um, and so I really, really am interested. I can't wait to kind of dive into that part of the conversation. But before we do, I, I guess I want to ask you, um, 
how do, in your opinion, like, you know, how are, how are the, how are the kids doing? I mean, just your opinion. I mean, how, how are the students doing uh, with this adjustment, particularly with the remote aspect of, of teaching and learning? Anybody, go ahead. Michelle. I think, uh, you know, I was a little skeptical about going remote, um, but I don't like to wear a mask, so it was a really good choice for me. And at first I wasn't sure how it would be, but um, my kids seem to be, you know, they enjoy it, and I think it's a lot of what goes on, what you're presenting to the kids. And, you know, they seem to be okay. I mean, you have your few kids that don't really participate that maybe should be in person, but the majority of my kids that come to my Zooms, I mean, they're ready to go. They got like little desk in their houses and their own little work area. And it's so cute, you know, and they're like showing me everything, you know. And so it's, it's, it's exciting to see that they're like prepped and at home and ready to go and they're excited about learning too. So, so you didn't, we don't lose that excitement about learning, which is kind of awesome. That is awesome. That is awesome. Um, I, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Beth. I would agree with what Michelle says. And I also want to say that I think that for remote kids, the parent piece is huge because now their living room or work, kitchen table, that's their classroom. And so the parent support is really, really needed with the remote kids, especially at this age. I mean, first graders, you know, get out of got to have that help that motivation in the morning to get ready for school and um some of the little ones you know if they can stay in bed or in their pjs and be comfy that's what they'll do so that parent piece is huge awesome janine you were going to say something i'll piggyback off of beth on that one because i have some of the most amazing relationships with parents right now that i have never had the chance to have before because i am a part of their environment I'm, I am there daily, and um, that's been really amazing. And, yeah, sometimes we have to go a little over the top in our enthusiasm to keep kids going and to keep <laughs> kids coming back. Uh-huh. Um, and, of course, there are those kids that are falling through the gap. Sure, sure. Um, so I, I also I, I have to ask as well, though, because I think um, it's just kind of a part of the conversation and, you know, and just being real. I also, I'm, I'm curious about how at this point, you know, how, how are the teachers, how are the teachers adjusted? I, I, I know early on um, there, there was lots of concerns we're in the middle of a global pandemic, safety, uh, protective equipment, masks, et cetera. I mean, um, how, how are, how are your colleagues doing in, in, in this building and how have you all, kind of kept each other motivated and, and, and keep and keep keep it moving. You know, I, I hate to say this, but I feel like there's more pressure on in person teachers because they're here with kids and you gotta make sure they're social distancing and follow all the rules. And we're just sitting in our classrooms by ourselves having fun with our kids on Zoom, you know, and so that <laughs> there's that piece of it. So I really do think there's more pressure in person for teachers than for the remote teachers. Interesting. Um, the nice thing about us is we're three on a team, so we have people to, that we can work with and bounce ideas off with. And I know that there are we have a kindergarten teacher who's solely remote on her own. So I, I, I feel like those teachers it's probably a little bit more difficult for because they don't really have anybody to collaborate with because, you know, let's face it, more than one mind is better than you by yourself. So, um, so it's been interesting. And then the quarantining thing too for the, <clears throat> excuse me, for the in class, you know, in, in person teachers. You know, if you have to quarantine, then your kids are kind of, you're bounced around, you're in, you're out, and we don't have to worry about that piece either. So Interesting. 
Interesting. The, we are lucky. Our team is, mm-hmm. is incredibly lucky because to have three, um, I think we have each other to vent to, to, <laughs> uh, like she said, throw ideas around and, and figure things out. Or even if Beth figures out something that works for her, she shares it. Same with Michelle and same with me. So that has been an incredible help. I know we're all a little burnt out and tired, but, sure. you know, it's, I know I'm extremely grateful for them. So fantastic. So you, so you started, we started now, we started talking about initially about, I think Michelle, you were talking about how, you know, they, they, you know, they got their, the, the students have their little debt, their workspaces. Beth, you talked about, you know, they're getting them out of bed and <laughs> they're in the living room and you, you know, Janine, you're in their house. Um, so describe like some of the things you've done, you know, to kind of to, just to reach them. Like what, what are some of the things that you've done just as in your professionals in this kind of new environment through Zoom? You know, how, how have you, you know, what have you done to kind of reach your students in this way? What are some of the things, some of your tactics, strategies? So I, every Friday I try to do something fun and the, and it's kind of like a show and tell where the kids can bring something from their house and show us. And it's like, if you want to bring your brother or sister and introduce them, you know, or the one little boy's grandma flew in, I'm like, let's meet grandma, you know? And so things like that, you know, and like parents walk by and I'm like, hi mom, you know, and you, you know, things like that. So, um, you know, just letting them know that, you know, they're at, they're at home and let's bring their home. Like one little boy, his dog, I love his dog. I would take his dog. He brings his dog sometimes and, or the cats walk across. I'm like, Hey, kitty cat, you know, so (laughs) just things like that, that, you know, that, and you know, parents are there listening a lot too. So, Uh you know, there's an accountability and then they, you know, know if we're doing what we're supposed to be doing or not. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of fun. You know, I feel like, like, I know if they're in their room or like if they're somewhere else, I'd be like, "Hey, are you at somebody else's house or where are you at today?" You know, so you know, and it, you you have to be in tune to that, and they know I'm paying attention that I, I want to know about them, so that makes them excited too. I know I have one student, I know when he's at home, and I know when he's he's at nanny's, and I'll try to say, "Hey, nanny, how you doing, nanny?" <laughs> you get you get accustomed to where they are and what their environment is, and and who's there with them, and I. I think sometimes that connection this year has made it Very far personal. more. Yeah. Important. I had one little girl at Christmas time. She wanted to show me her Christmas tree. So she's walking yep. through the house and she goes, mom, be quiet. I'm on with Mrs. Erlocker. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, it's so cute. You know, it's like school's important. And that's, that is what makes it, mm-hmm. I get excited about. So that's, that, that makes, that just makes me happy. I, I, I'm full of joy. Just knowing you, you know, you're still that, that level of engagement and your awareness of your students and their surroundings and their circumstances. So um, that's I think that's um, that's fascinating how you and how you've all have made that adjustment just kind of on the fly. Um, one of the things that I know um, that is important to you as well and is about um, you know you want you want them to know what they're supposed to know, right? You know how do you you getting the results that 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 you know of what you know, what, what are they supposed to be learning? So when, when it comes to the term, you know, whether it's yielding results or getting them to where they need to be, um, you know, how, how are you doing that in this type of atmosphere, in the, in the remote atmosphere? That's a million-dollar question. That is a big question. When you say yielding, you know, what they're learning and stuff, we've had numerous conversations about this, that this year with remote learning, you – 
you have to under we have to realize that they're not going to meet every expectation that we want them to be prepared for second grade. So what we have to do is we have to embrace what we can work with and keep it exciting for them. And I think it's important to keep them excited about learning so that when they do return in person, they're even if they are a little behind, they're still going to be excited about learning and and want to do it. I was talking to somebody and they said, "How do you do that every day?" Like, how do you make it okay for kids? And I said, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Pandemic school can sometimes suck. It really does. My kids say they want to come back to school. And they say that, you know, they miss their friends or they miss this or they miss that. And so, and I know it's not. We talk all the time about how it's not the same. It's not, you can't go and expect them to learn spelling or sight words the way they do when they're in person or reading horizons writing or writing or and, pencil, yeah. and so you have to start thinking outside of the box um what can you teach them that can be just as valuable um that maybe they can use in the future or that maybe can keep their interest peaked in education and in learning and and keep them thriving or show them things that maybe they didn't know existed so that for me has been important. Yeah, and we and you know she started a YouTube channel this year, so I was like, I'm like, I'm not a YouTuber, but we want to do field trips and we want to do them live, and so you had to start a YouTube channel to do that. So we've you know really kind of you know I think all of us here are movers and we're used to moving around and doing things, and so we wanted our kids not to feel like they're missing any experiences. So providing them with opportunities like field trips and things like that we thought would be huge. We, I signed up to do ag in the classroom. It's Zoom, but it's still learning about something. They don't have to listen to us. It's a new opportunity, and they provide great classes. Um, we adopted a dairy cow, so they sent us a picture of her and named it, you know, all these things to make it exciting for them so they feel like it would be the same thing that we would do, be doing if we were in person. And Actually, I'm more worried about making them smile and be mm. happy to be there mm, mm. than I really am about if they know their sight words or not right now. Um, they're home for a reason, whether it's medical or you know just a personal belief of the family, whatever the reason may be, they need to be happy, mm-hmm. whether they're sitting at their table learning or learning in the classroom. So if I can make the kids smile, that's my goal for the day. Beth, that, I love that. I love that. <laughs> just, just going a little bit deeper into that. So what does that look like, right? I mean, is, is it is it back to the just really being in tune with with them and their situation? How do you? I mean, what do, what's your mindset going in about? You know, making it can sure be their smile and they're happy. It can be anything for acknowledging that they got a haircut. I mean, okay. you know, okay. something as simple as that to praising something they've done work wise, or or having them share a piece of their work from seesaw that they've done and pre, you know presented to the class. But anything, anything. Okay. Um, we, we, you mentioned earlier about how critical parents are. Mm-hmm. You, I think you talked about that. And I think, you know, Michelle, you also mentioned you kind of know they're there sometimes. Mm-hmm. and they're Well, you get that little eye out of the, you know, the kids. <laughs> the kids are looking at the screen one second, and then they're like, you know, so you know the parents are there. Well, sometimes the parents are, they look like they just got out of bed, too, with the kids. I'm like, I wouldn't be sitting by my kid if, if I was at home with them. But, so it's kind of funny. It's like they want to be at school, too. Some of them might feel that way, and, and that really? makes me excited, well, too. You know, well, I get, go ahead, go ahead. It, goes to, it gives them an incredible insight into what we do. Um, sure. Sure. Like we, for example, the one program 
I always find really difficult to explain to parents is reading horizons. Like, we may know it. Our kids may know it. But parents don't, what does marking a vowel mean? What does scooping a blend mean? Why do you do it this way? And I have parents sitting there, and I'm sure you both do as well, watching the lesson, or now they understand how to help their students. And so that's been a huge, I think, bonus for the kids that are consistently in your class. Learning right along with them. You know what? I'm so happy to hear you all say that. We just talked about this at one of our uh, district leadership team meetings the other night about with the parents being there, are they also learning alongside, not necessarily the, the but the some of the material, but just how to help their students about and how to think about it? Because I sometimes they just want to give them the answer, but then when they listen and they, it's more of letting them do it and and explain it and stuff. So and also I had a lot of parents that were very nervous at the beginning of the year. We've never done this, you know. Where I'm not really sure it's going to be hard. So it, it, it was my goal to make it very easy for them. And I did have several parents say that, "Wow, you made it so easy because." I didn't. I knew that if it was difficult for them, they wouldn't participate, and I didn't want to do that to them. So I wanted to give parents the opportunity, and you got to give them the confidence. Say you can do this. You can help your kid. You can work right alongside with them. Everybody's a teacher. That's what you know. You want to let them understand. Thank you for that, Michelle, because that was kind of where I was going. Like we know, we know parents. We know parents listen to the Two O Five Vibe podcast, and so one of the things I just when they listen, I just wanted to know just some advice you could give them about. And so I think you've kind of done that. Just, just you know, if I'm listening, what should I be doing as a parent? Um, and you all are saying, hey, learning right alongside them and kind of guiding them and learning how to help them. Um, so awesome. Um, so when you talk about reaching your students, and Beth, you touched on this a little bit, but, um, you know, for teachers out there listening who may be trying to, you know, come up with some ideas who are teaching remote about just about um, reaching your students. What what are some of the important things about whether it's making them happy, how to kind of get, you know, get some getting them engaged, if you will. Um, you know, what is what, what do you find some of your best methods are? Uh, you kind of you kind of have given some, but just recognizing um, something about them. Are there some other methods or other some other things that advice you could give about? Here's what I've seen that just works for me. Here's my go-to uh, and when I'm teaching remote that um, helps me get, get the kids more engaged. So a couple of months ago, I'm not going to lie. I'm not, a, I'm not a sitter. I don't know how to sit in front of a computer all day long. Um, I proposed to Mr. Gibbons a, a little idea. And my husband and I came up with when we were at the gym. And I asked him if I could go take my class on field trips. And, and I, I kind of explained what I meant by that. And I meant, like, you know, I would, at that point, I was thinking of Zoom. Uh-huh. But that was a mess. And then I figured out how to live stream through YouTube, ah. through a different app. And, and I, I gave him some ideas of what I wanted to do and why I wanted to do them. And... Um, I explained to him that part of it was selfish. Part of it was to keep me sane and to keep me thinking outside of the box or to keep me um, fresh because I'm not feeling fresh behind the screen. Um, but um, And he gave me the go-ahead. And I think it kind of just took off 
from there. It, it gave them something else. They like it. They like, um, we went, I took them to Cottonwood Airport and I took them flying. I literally went up in an airplane and filmed while we were flying. Oh, I and it. I saved the videos so that I can post them later as an activity for Seesaw for the kids that don't get to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, we went to the fire station. We interviewed the fire department. Um, I went to a dairy farm. Um, I, I, I'm friends with Elliot Grandia at 17, so we're gonna go. Um, we're gonna go to the news station and see how the news is made. Um, I have friends that you just reach out. I've reached out to. Whoever and wherever, um, I ask stupid questions on Facebook to see who knows somebody or something somewhere. But as much as it is to provide them something, it provides me something. So I think I think in all of this, part of it is taking care of yourself as well. That's awesome. So I don't know. Yeah, very Man. important to take care of yourself as a teacher and. <laughs> Because you got to come and you got to be refreshed every day, and you want to sure. be excited. You don't want them to know if you are having a rough day. Because sure. you know, looking at yourself in Zoom all day <laughs> gets old after a while. I'm like, oh, I'm looking, I'm looking at my age here this year. <laughs> so, so you really have to like, you know, find new ways to make it fun. That's I love that because that means that um, that's a, that's a principle. That, you know, to allow you to flexibility. Yes. Uh, allowing you to, to innovate on the fly, on the on the spot. Um, so that's... don't give him too much credit. Here. <laughs> <laughs> no, it it was a it was nice that we could try different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was awesome. funny when when I said we were going to go on a virtual field trip. They're like, "Are we meeting you somewhere?" Yeah, <laughs> like, no, I wish you could meet me somewhere. I go, but no, I'll get yeah. in trouble if you show up there. So don't yeah. come. <laughs> you know, but I we I the Cottonwood thing, for example, like. I tried to think of things that they could be involved in. So Cottonwood Airport, they have um, awesome people that work there, and they have a Young young Eagles program where they will take them and teach them how to, uh, like the beginning of flying, help them keep a log book. And it's for eight, eight nine-year-olds. So it's things that maybe can get them involved when things are a little bit easier and safer and when they're a little bit older. The fire department, they have the... Oh, yeah, but basically they'll teach them about being a firefighter when they're 15, 16, 17, I think. So they're all like outlets for them. Or maybe, maybe who knows, maybe it inspires them to do something or think of something or learn about something. and, and Question something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Janine, let me go a little bit deeper there because I think this, I love, this is great because it helped, you, you, you're making me think about other things about education, right? So what grade we're talking? It's first. It's first grade, right? And so what you're describing are things that are not necessarily foundational reading, writing, and arithmetic, but you're thinking, they're thinking differently about just life. and how those. So I'm, I'm, I love to hear when teachers talk about... Everything fits into the curriculum. Don't it does. That, yeah. it I does. know, I know. <laughs> That's it. That, so that's that's it. See, th- this is. I think that is a misnomer about education, right? About so I, th- that's that's where I'm going, Beth. Is we get so caught up in this, you know, curriculum and standards. testing and standards. But I'm but hearing from you all, I think this is why I, this I love this format about what's really important for young people to know. And to experience and how to think, uh, Beth. I think you kind of said that, like what to question, right? Those those types of 
tools that you need as you grow up. Right. And so what, how do you, how do you balance that? Right. About, Hey, here is, here's the stuff you kind of got in the foundational stuff. Right. Which a lot of people think of like, Hey kids, they should be, you know, uh, but here, I love what you're describing. Janine is, Hey, here's, here's a, here's just a different way to think about education. Right. Well, you're hiding the foundational stuff. I mean, it's there, it's all integrated. Um, but you're, you're, tucking it in neatly so that it's wrapped in a pretty present that is kind of fun to open and and I think that's what that's what I think that's what when I was a student what I loved I loved doing things like that so hands-on experience yeah so and I know they can't be hands-on right now but me you know but but, you can make them think that you know yeah and, and at least and I figured out I had to figure out a little trick but I could YouTube it, I can stream it live so they can be experiencing it live. And if they can't, they can always watch it later because not everybody tunes in then. But at least they can kind of leave their house or kind of explore and, sure. and ask those questions like Beth said. And, and kind of showing them how to get creative. Well, yeah. You know, that everything isn't in, in all instilled in this little box. You can go outside of it. Well, and... Let me tell you, I, I, I'm honest with my kids. I tell them I'm uncomfortable. I don't like being in front of this stuff. <laughs> I don't. I don't enjoy it. I'm very self-conscious. But I can't tell, Janine. <laughs> I, I'm a little shaky. Um, but You're killing it. It, it, uh, it makes you, I don't know, it makes you kind of just, I don't know. It doesn't so, matter if you're uncomfortable sometimes. you got to be uncomfortable to have a little bit more. So, and, I, and I'm excited about coming back next year, taking all these things that I've learned this year and being able to maybe utilize some mm-hmm. of them and how we thought about teaching and, and putting a new spin on it inside the classroom as well. That's, Michelle, that's a, that's a great segue. I said, you know what, you guys just take over. This producer, <laughs> they are just going, what, that's exactly where I was kind of going to go next is, you know, in, in the midst of this, we're all dealing with this pandemic. Like, what, what are you, you going to take away what some of the things you're learning that you can use next year? I mean, what, what, what are some of the things that you're doing right now um, that you think you can, you know, that we, you, you, we can use move, moving forward, right? Whether we come back all in person or not. So one big thing that I have been working on this year, and that's where Susan Urham and Carrie, is it Nord or Pagan, came in. I, you know, we there was a push to do PDSA cycles in our building this year. And so it's hard to get accurate data remotely because the parents are giving them the answers sometimes. And I wanted to do something that where I felt like I was getting accurate data on the kids. And so I have been using Nearpod and you can give a pre-test and a post-test. And so I've been creating some Nearpods and I feel like that's really something that I could use next year with my kids in person, which when they're here in person, it'll be even better to use. But, you know, I can, we can do a Nearpod online. They answer the questions. I get the data that I need right there. And, you know, that's kind of nice. So, and they have been super helpful. Carrie's been going through and, like, making a Nearpod for each first grade math question. And so there's just so many resources that have been available. And I'm also learning more about what's available online for us to utilize as teachers from RPS. And so that's a things that I'm going to be able to keep with me next year. I know way more where to find things and how to use them. So Sure. Um, I'd be curious your you all's opinion on, I know Michelle, you teach kinder. 
uh, uh, kindergarten. Um, and, you know, you all teach the lower level grades. One of the things that we I would hear early on as um, um, people who were concerned, if you will, about uh, remote teaching and learning, um, I would hear this phrase that we're going to lose so many kids. You know, they're going to fall so far behind because they're not here with us or it's just more difficult to teach remote, et cetera, et cetera. How, how would you answer those people who are, who have that question, uh, who are listening out there about, they have this concern and fear about we're going to lose a generation of kids uh, with this approach. I mean, do, do you buy that? I don't, I, I don't buy that we're going to lose the whole grade level or the whole class. I buy that we're going to lose a few. Um, but I would also argue that that happens in person as well. Um, but I think for remote, you know, if, if we don't have the parent support, which I mentioned before, you know, seven-year-olds, six-year-olds, they're not internally driven a whole lot. Some of them are. You get a few. But um, remote's really tough for little ones. And that engagement piece to keep them interested and want, you know, wanting to learn is, is tough and kind of stuck on our shoulders and the parents' shoulders. So yeah, we're going to lose a few. We've got some kids that are, are behind. We can't, you know, they don't have the materials in their hands. They don't do the hands-on activities that are so important at this, at this age. So yeah, it's, it's going to happen. That's an interesting question for me as a parent, because I have two kids. I have a son that's a senior in high school and he's doing half remote, half in person. And then I have a daughter in college who had to go remote. And while it has been difficult for them, I don't think that you know, have they learned what they can? It maybe not as much as they could have. My daughter's a visual learner, so it's been harder for her. But my son, I've noticed that it's teaching him how to solve problems and discipline himself and find structure. You know, he's a senior. He's getting ready to go out into the real world. He needs to learn how to do it. You know, he thinks he's an adult and can do it all on his own. <laughs> but what remote learning is really teaching him is accountability. You know, you, if you're not accountable, you're, you know, you're not going to pass. And so it's making him more mindful. And those are skills that he's going to be able to use in the real life. So while in these young ages, let's face it, we don't really teach anything to mastery, but we're teaching these kids how to think mm-hmm. and how to think differently differently and so while they may not be gaining all you know at the grade level where they're supposed to be they're still learning very important skills that are going to help them throughout their whole entire education so i mean these kids have mastered technology let me tell you i mean they can work themselves around an ipod like nobody's business i mean and even parents that we you know i've done a lot of facetimes with parents on phones hey show let's let's see what it looks like let's facetime show me i walk it through them they figure it out so so you know while people may feel like they might not be at the grade level they're still learning so many more important things that they're going to carry for a long time so and I'm the old one out of the crew, so I'm really tech challenged. <laughs> and I actually have one of my kids in my classroom that if, if another student has an issue, I have a student that will talk the other child through it because sure. he knows the ins and outs, plays around with it more than I do. So, you know, they are learning a whole lot. I, I am, You guys are already, I'm, I know, I know. I, I'm just so happy to hear just having this conversation because it helps dispel lots of um myths and rumors and concerns speaking of which the other one that i hear there's lots of consternation and we know that these families exist but what are you seeing 
you know, you, Beth, you talk about how important the families are. Mm-hmm. Um, are you, what about the? Are you are you able to recognize and identify the students who don't have that support? Um, and I see you both. You shaking your heads. Yes, I, I mean, and, and, and I think we can do that in person too. I mean, we and all. So that, you know, that's. that's I, I think that's an important <laughs> point, right? I think we we talk about those families, but you're right. Mm-hmm. Whether you have support at home uh, will play out in person or remote. And so, so how do you, what is the, what do you see though when you see that? I mean, what does that look like re- remote? Is it just it's students who don't check in or who just are not well, engaged? What, what I've noticed is I went through my roster and I had kids with truancy issues in kindergarten and there's still have truancy issues remotely. So that, I don't think that that would have changed in person or remotely you know and and i get it that it's it's struggle it's hard you know to um get them on and and be consistent about it because we're signing on at different times and get used to the schedule but i think you would still have that in person so you know that's really the only thing that i see that i feel like wouldn't change that's go ahead Janine. I, I, I agree i mean you can see you can see the varying levels and you, and you know I mean, as teachers, most of our job is gut, in, gut instinct, and, and you try your best to do what you can to reach out, and you don't stop. You keep reaching out. You keep, for whatever reason it is that's going on, I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not them. And so, like, I had, a, I had a family just reconnect with me. Their son hadn't been on very much. And I couldn't get a hold of them because numbers, phone numbers change, emails go unanswered, or there's just, you don't know what to do, addresses change. And finally she called because she noticed something. And I, I sat there and I had a half an hour Zoom meeting with her and, her, and, and the dad. And, you know, part of their issue was that this is really hard. They have a bunch of kids at home and they don't know how to manage it. And, you know, they don't, they're having a hard time with phones and this or that. So part of it is being sympathetic and empathetic and and we're and, and just hope that they connect again and and just keep riding that horse as as you have it mm. and just make yourself available as a teacher yep. say you know anytime I can help you like you know I I gave out my cell phone number I probably shouldn't do that but I'm like text me you know they text me on Saturday it's okay you know because we're successful together if I work with the parents my students are going to be successful and I want the parents to know that I am writing this right along with you, you know, and I totally, I, you know, because I have a kid remote myself, so I want them to know that I understand, I know how you feel, so, you know, I will do whatever, like I delivered packets at the beginning of the year with paper and pencils and crayons to get um, them supplies so that they could have stuff to write with, so that, um, you know, is something that I took it to their houses so that they know that I, if you need supplies, let me know, I'll bring it to you, that's what I tell them, so... Um, so one of the myths we can help dispel here, at least here at Riverdale, that um, there's not some huge number of students who are just f- fell off the cliff or failing, and we're just going to move them along anyway. Um, that, 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 that's kind of what I want. I, I've, I've heard that. That I've heard this. Again, I just I hear these things about, hey, well, you know, we have all these kids and they can't be reached and... There's, I mean, a bunch of them failing, and are we just gonna just kind of look the other way? And I mean, I and think there's them? a percentage of them, but I don't think it's as large as people think it is. Okay. You know, I mean, I I think it like we said, if you were in person, it would be the, still about the same percentage of kids that weren't getting it if we were all in person. 
sure. Um, so again, again, I have my little questions, but you guys are so good. I can you just I don't I don't need to even look down. I just keep going on what you're saying. Um, so um, again, you don't have a huge concern because again, would you're not saying because you are finding some success with remote teaching. Um, does it? I mean, would you say? Would you agree that in person is better? Is I mean, is it better to have them? I mean, with you. I mean, is that? Yes. Or is it, yeah. Okay. Uh, in in some things that we're teaching, like writing, for instance, that's a that is an in person curriculum. I mean, it is hard to teach writing online. I mean, we're doing it, making it work. You kind of got to rethink ab- uh, about how you teach writing. But when, you know, there's no paper and pencil at their house and they don't have anything to write on, that those are things that, that make it different, uh, you know, difficult for them. So, Well, and the social interaction mm-hmm. is huge. I mean, there are kids that just want to come to school to be with their friends. Um, my grandkids included, you know, they, they want to go back to school. So that social piece is huge. It is important. Yeah, so you guys are just right. Yeah, perfect. I would, go ahead, Beth. That was going to Most of our job is observation. Sure. You can tell growth just by whatever you overhear as you're walking to help the next kid. So I can't, it is, it's messy. Remote teaching is messy. For me to sit there and say, oh, show me your whiteboard. What whiteboard? Yeah, what whiteboard, what paper, hold it closer, what, I can't hear you. Sure. Um, There there is messiness to it. Sure. Um, And and it is hard. I can't, it's hard to see what my kids are working on because seesaw isn't necessarily the end-all be-all. But if you look at all those negatives and and you don't focus on what you can do and what you're going to do and what you'd like to do. And what the kids are able to do. And what they're able to do, then you're going to be stuck in the messy. Yeah. Janine, that was my next question. And See, you I'm just a mind it. reader. <laughs> but it was about, uh, and if anybody wants to ex- expand on this, um, excuse me, it was about the idea of the role technology has played. Beth, you touched on it a little bit. You know, how has that impacted the learning and the teaching? You mentioned that you have a student that helps out. Yeah. You talk, uh, Janine. You just yeah. said, "Hey, um, show me your work," and you know, through Zoom. How does that look? Awful sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> it really does. It's, it's awful. Messy. It's messy. That's the best word. That's the most polite word I can say. It's, it's messy sometimes, but you know what? There's also fantastic. I, I don't even know, like things that we've been able to do because of technology i mean if this were going on let's reverse back to the spanish flu we don't have zoom then i mean at least we have outlets where we can perform our jobs when it's needed and so and we keep we keep growing like she's become michelle's become like the queen of nearpod she's taught me things about it and reached out to other people to help us with it and by the way let me let me give a, a shout out. Susan Uram is the most amazing human being ever. And she has a patience of a She does. Yeah. And she She's has awesome. been such a help to us. Absolutely awesome. Yeah. So yeah. and Carrie as well with her math. I mean, her math skills. I mean, I do not like math, <laughs> but man, she just blows my mind and she kind of gets me excited about math. So that's that's a good thing. And that's awesome. Beth, you, you have mentioned something and I want to come back to that. Um, the socialization part. Just how important that is for students. Um, 
I try, I, I make sure every day to acknowledge, you know, welcome each one to class because I would do that if I was in a classroom when they would come to, to see me in class, I would say, good morning, or how are you today? What? So I acknowledge each one individually. And I try to, um, we have like a five minute break or a 10 minute break sometimes between our subjects. And um, I put a little timer on, but then they just talk. And they just talk back and forth to each other and um, laugh with each other, which is great. But it's still, it's not the same as in person. I, yeah, they miss their friends, right? Yes, they miss their friends. Well, you know, and you learn a lot from other people. Mm -hmm. I learn a lot by being around other people. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, when I was in college, I'm not an online learner. I want to be sitting in a room, having conversations, talking with yeah. people, and just learning from others. And, mm -hmm. and I think kids do that as well when they're here in person. And, and that, that is probably the biggest part yeah. that's missing remotely is Working. not learning from other students. And the Go manipulatives ahead. too. I mean, for like for, yes. for math and stuff, just having their hands on materials, doing math lessons—that's a huge thing. So too. speaking of speaking of that, then, how do you know they're learning? Well, that's tough because sometimes the things that they produce in seesaw are not done on their own. Um, <laughs> so a lot of it is. Uh, you mentioned observation when you're in the classroom, but so this is more of a verbal, you know, you're asking questions and you're taking notes about who said what. And, um, well, I don't know. Small group time. Small group. Yeah, in the yeah. reading groups. Small group group time really is really and I can tell um, in their engagement on Zoom too that, you know, they're excited about it, they're responding. When they start talking more and answering more questions, then I, they're getting it and they're getting excited about it and wanting to learn more. So, um, getting them to just participate even more tells me that they are, they're learning and they're feeling more confident about what we're doing. So, Janine, you talked about going places and, and, and doing some of those things. Tell me some any other times when you've, when you've had fun, when you know you're having fun with your students. Uh, for If a teacher wants to know, how, what's, what are some other things that, how, how are you having fun with them? Well, in the beginning of the, uh, one of our units was Healthy Choices. And we didn't talk about just, I mean, when you, my kids, when they thought about healthy choices, they thought food, food and exercise. And I tried to explain to them that food and exercise, yeah, that's important, but um, taking care of your brain, making yourself happy. And so we talked about ways to make yourself happy and what makes you happy and even forcing laughter, you know, forcing yourself to smile actually does create a response to your, you know, in your brain that you're, you're, you're happier. And so every Friday I pick out just obscure books, strange, like um, I need a new butt. Um, what was the one about the fart? fart? Yeah, there was a, oh, there's no a one book likes about a fart. A fart. <laughs> no one likes a fart. Um, the, the picture, the book with no pictures. Um, so every Friday, instead of doing our integrated literacy curriculum, I pick out the most ridiculous books I can find. I had one kid crying last year. He was tears, like crying. So, but, or we dance. I dance with them. I don't care. I'll dance with them. I, because I need it as much as they do. Awesome. I need that, I need that from them as much as I need to give it to them. Sure, sure. So, because sure. otherwise I think I'd be lost in this. All I have to do is forget to unmute myself. <laughs> <laughs> that gets them going. That's all it takes. <laughs> what, have you, um, what, have you, what have you learned about yourself during this period? What are some things that you've learned uh, about, you know, just you as a in your profession as a as an individual as a teacher? 
I've learned that I, I love kids, whether they're with me here in person or they're at home. I'm excited to see them, and that's what makes my day. While all this other stuff might be messy, just spending time with them and engaging with them during the day makes me happy and excited because I want, I, sometimes I want to, I turn into a first grader, you know, and I'm right there with them, you know, and, and I just, I enjoy that. Even though they're at home, I still f- have made a connection with them and feel like I'm right there with them, learning with them, and it's, you know, it's kind of fun. Now, I wasn't a classroom teacher when this started. I was one of the ones that was pulled to do remote. So, I mean, you can ask either one of them. When the year first started, I you know didn't know first grade curriculum, and I already mentioned I'm not a tech person. Sure, sure. Um, but I learned that, that I can handle what's tossed at me sometimes. That's awesome. The first couple weeks of school, I was ready to retire. I was ready to just sure. get me out of here. What's sure. going on? Um, but as it's gone on, you know, we figured it out together. They've supported me, and we've figured it out together. And, and um, I told the kids right when the year started, this is new for all of us, and we're going to do it. We're all going to get through it. We're going to make mistakes, but we're in this together to get through first grade, and we can do it. So Yeah, we're learning together. Like, sometimes yeah. I'll do something on Zoom, and it does not work. And I'm like, okay, sorry, Mrs. Erlocker, didn't know if that worked or not, but we won't try that again, you know? You just got to be honest with them and say, they're like, Mrs. Erlocker, this doesn't work. I go, okay, let's not do that again then. Exactly. I've done that so many times. I'm like, yeah. wow, I learned something new today. And they're okay with that. I so. think part of being... I think part of what I've learned about myself is that I'm okay being uncomfortable. Sure. I'm okay. I don't know. I think I'm more creative than I thought I was. Um, sure. <laughs> yeah, I do think you find that out about I yourself. You really, you really mm-hmm. do. I mean, sometimes, I don't, I don't know. I, I think I'm resilient. Resilience. Just like the kids are when they're here. Man, yeah, yes, they man, are. It's, I mean, I, I feel like I've grown a lot. I really do. And I, I keep saying that, but I That's really awesome. do. You know, And, and I never awesome. want to be one of those teachers that just sits and feels comfortable sure. the same year Ooh. after year. Sure. I like to learn new things and push myself. And boy, it was... You know, there's a reason I'm in... Didn't have a choice. This yeah. Year. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason I'm in remote. I mean, I have grown so much. And I, like I said, I'm going to awesome. just continue that. So it's, it's pretty awesome. Well, I'm not going to lie. There... I think people are going to listen to this and say they're all sugarcoating it. There's, there are times I cried. There are times where me, I, yeah. I got mad. Sure. There were times that I wanted more than what I could get. And, and um, for that to make sense, like um, I wanted somebody else to tell me how to do it. Mm-hmm. But there wasn't anybody else to tell me how to do it. And I was mad. I wanted more support or more this and more that. And, you know, in all reality, I think, yeah, that stunk. But I think it made me... A better person, stronger, maybe a better teacher, maybe. I don't know. I think yeah. we all felt that way at the beginning because we. You know, <laughs> well, I'm not a crier, but I just was like, okay, I'm. I like to break the rules. Don't tell anybody. So I would just go rogue and kind of do my own thing. And I'm like, well, I'll change it if someone comes and yells at me. But I feel like you had to be open to change and try new things. And mm-hmm. even though maybe the district was telling us this, I'm like, well, we gotta try it this way because we gotta do what works for our students. Right. So, right. and that's how you kind of work and, what and works learn. For us. Right. <laughs> Mr. Producer, can I just pause for one second? Yes. Just, no, no, just, just you can bring over here. Look, see why I like talking to teachers. See how real aren't they keeping it real? I mean, they are keeping it <laughs> one thousand. I love it. I love. This is what I was hoping for that 
that that the, the you know your, your your truth you know it comes it comes through and i think that's what helps other teachers and other people and i know at this time right um i appreciate you all sharing how early on and how you were angry and how you had to you've learned to be learned to be resilient and you know and, and that that's what i would expect right from professionals that we're going to figure it out right we're going to and you know i hear people saying do it this way but for our students we're going to do it this is the best this is what we feel so thank you for the, for for uh, being very true and honest about that, you know. Speaking of which, we talked about a little bit about it when you know early on, but um, like, what what's it like? I've been in a few buildings when the students aren't there, but what? How have you adjusted to that? I mean, how how does that feel when the kid just not having the kids here? Um, it's lonely. It is lonely. Especially it's our lonely. building is always so crowded. We've had so many kids that yeah. there's just right. kids everywhere, right. and you're like, hey. <laughs> they're coming in your room and they're like That's they're right. always bringing kids in your room can they hang out here and take a break sure you know and now this year it's like crickets chirping and i'm like so sometimes i go in like i share a room with miss gary i'm like i walk over to her classroom just so i can see kids for a few minutes i walk i walk the halls i walk outside or i i i do something to keep me moving so i'm not in a an empty quiet room because mm-hmm. it's i mean if you look yeah. around michelle's room it looks like my room it's and then I'll, I'll, if I see my past students, I, I give hugs. I'm wearing my mask. But I'm like, you got it. I'm like, ah, you know, and I think they need it too. So every uh-huh. once in a while, I'm, I'm giving a hug here and there. So One of the things we've noticed, I've just noted, just on, it's a national trend. I know here in the state of Illinois is that we just don't see as many young teachers coming into the profession uh, as we, the numbers aren't as like we used to. Um, so now, um, I just for the record, I just let me just say this for the record. Um, I've just always have felt, particularly since work becoming here, working here, I just think as a nation, we we don't value teachers enough, right? I think it's one of these things where we've just, um, I think I think we can certainly do a lot more in terms of we we put other professions on this on a skin. I'm not saying that, you know. People don't value teachers, but I don't think we don't we don't value teachers enough in what they do. And if it was, if it were up to me, I, I think we I would pay. We teachers need to get more money. We need to value them in society. And I just think that's just my own personal belief. Um, because I think you know you're with you're with you're teaching kid you're teaching our our, our our kids, and and so I think um, that's just important. Um, having said that, you know with this new kind of this environment what advice would you give a new teacher coming on about why 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 they should come into the profession you know why it's important why um maybe maybe what you know here at Riverdale or in our system but you know what 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 advice would you give them coming in now about why they're important and they matter and and um, in terms of teaching students you know this is my 20th year teaching I know I look young for my age (laughs) Um, but this is my 20th year teaching and I taught for I taught third grade for 10 years and some you know that first group of kids they're in their 20s now and I still talk with them and or even even the kids along the lines of that or even the parents along the lines of that and it's not all of them that you're going to stay connected to. It's not all the parents that you're going to keep connections with. But 
they're there. They, 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 and they do connect at random points and times in your life where they'll remember you. And that's the important part, man. It, it's, it's, that's the, that's like the bee's knees. That's the, that's the, the thing that makes you, you do this job every day is to make that impact so that you know you made some indelible mark on some kid's life to make them do something um, or change the way they did something or, you know, and for the better, you know. So I think that's why for me, I, if anybody ever decided that was the field, it, it's not the money. It's not the retirement plan. Um, it's, it's for that. It's for that, 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 that feeling, that sensation, that, I don't know, that nothing, love and that bond that you create. Nothing like the feeling of seeing the light bulb go on huh. in a child. Um, if that, I mean, that's probably the one thing I would say to someone new coming to the profession is you're going to make a difference. So, you know, do it, come here, be ready to face it. It changes every day. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to be, you know, open for, for that. But you're going to make a difference in that child and you're going to see that light bulb go on which is why I like teaching the younger grades especially because you see it all the time sure, sure. Um, and make that connection that connection is what's going to make that child blossom I always jokingly say when people tell me they're gonna be a teacher don't do it <laughs> but really you know they need role models they need cheerleaders they need these kids need people advocating for them and fighting for them no matter what background they come from they they need they need teachers in the classroom rooting for them and I think that's what's important about it so and I and I know teachers you know teaching does get a bad rabble well, you don't make enough you don't do this but you know I gotta say and I'm, I'm this isn't I'm not trying to give a like a promo or whatever but no. I've been with RPS for 12 years uh-huh. and you know people are hesitant sometimes about RPS and but they have supported me as a teacher they have offered opportunities for me to get um, my ESL endorsement they have provided there's awesome. all these opportunities for me to develop as a teacher awesome. and learn more so if you get into a district like that that's going to push you and and move awesome. you forward as a teacher that helps too and so you know people going into the profession need to know that get in a district that's going to support you that's going to move you up the the ladder for you and give you the things that you need to be a better teacher so man you uh, you so you just keep setting me right up to the next one love so a couple more things um just so uh so i'm going to i'm going to go here cuz i think this will be important cuz i do know administrators listen to the podcast as well they love learning and hearing from teachers okay, but having you got he- Tommy in trouble now <laughs> well, well okay Beth thank you I'm gonna switch <laughs> no you got yourself in trouble now that was Michelle but, talking Mr. No, Gibbons no it wasn't <laughs> I'm not always the troublemaker no but 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 no we 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 need to, we we all need to we we need each other we we support each other and speaking of which how important I told this thank you Beth I'll, I'll reverse it um how important is the principal? I mean, how important is having a good principal? How important are some of those those other roles that help with students, whether you're a janitor cleaning the building, whether you're a bus driver, a para, uh, supports, teach reading coaches, and, and all these specialists we have? Um, how important are they uh, in in terms of supporting your work and developing students? Oh, it's all very important. You know, they say it takes a village. That's not a lie to raise kids. So 
every part of that is important. You know, bus drivers, setting the kids up on the way to school, making sure that they're safe and that, you know, no one gets in trouble and they come to school and they're on, in a good mood and on the set like that. You know, administrators are, are very critical because as a teacher, I need to know that my administrator is supporting me, that my administrator is helping me become a better teacher. And that's, and that's what I'm looking for an administrator. Push me to be better and then support me if I want to try new things or do new things and um, don't micromanage me. Let, give me a little bit of freedom as a teacher to do what I want to do. And, and I think all that is important. And support staff is huge because when, you know, I'm special ed is not my, my forte and having people that are very knowledgeable that can support me and help me in the classroom, that's huge. Tutors to, to give your kids the extra work. I mean, it all, it's all important. And, you know, sometimes in the past years, we haven't had a full staff. So we've been missing pieces of that. And you really feel that some years. So it, it is all, you know, it's like a well-oiled machine and it works together. Fascinating. And along with that, one last question about that support, just to, again, to help us administrators um, just to do better and be better. Um, kind of what, what is that? What is, what, what, what is the minimum expectation, you know, that you expect I mean, the type of support that you want from the kind of downtown? I mean, what, what, how can we help? How can we do better? Uh, you know, we, we, um, we all make assumptions, but that's why I love doing this because I want to hear from you all and just, and cause administrators, Administrators also listen to the 205 Vibe podcast um, with your host, Earl Dodson Jr. Um, but how, what do we, how can we help and how can we be better? Um, one of the things that I don't like is, um, or I'll, I'll say I'll get, I'm very uncomfortable when people are sitting around a table making decisions for other people who aren't at the table, uh, who have to giving their input. So what, what, how do we, what can we do better? How can we be better? Go ahead, Janine. I see you. <laughs> do, I do, I do. I think it is so important to, and it's it's me too, because I'll make assumptions and they're just not correct. And, and I think part of what it is is I think people need to step out of their box, their area, and experience somebody else's area. Like I can complain that downtown isn't doing this for me, isn't doing that, but I have no clue what, what in the world downtown is doing or what hurdles they have to jump over, but downtown also needs to come and see awesome. you know i just That's think fair. it needs to be we need to be open we need to have um what's the word i'm looking for transparency between sure. with what what we're doing mm-hmm. and and who we are and what we need and and yeah, walk in somebody else's shoes for yes. the day awesome yes and i would say it's good advice don't you know don't ask what we need or you know what you can do to support us if you're not going to listen that's a huge thing to me. Awesome. Um, so I'm, I'm as we, I guess I, I always have my, um, so thank you. I can't really, I can't thank you enough. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Beth. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Janine. I really, really appreciate this. Thank you for your time. There's one last, Mr. Reducer, how are we doing on time? Okay, so we're, we're all right, so it's perfect. So one last thing, we ask everyone these three questions, and I'll, I'll just go around. The, oh, yeah. These, see, and if you listen to the 205 Vibe podcast, you would know <laughs> that out of every are. episode, right, we have not missed these last three questions for every one of our guests. So 
I'm trying to think how I should do it. Should we do get them all out the way with one person and move along? Start with you do it that way. All right. Oh. All right. We'll start. We'll start over here, Beth. <laughs> Beth. That's what you get for pointing. <laughs> Beth. Uh, like this is this is how we all get to know you a little better. So Beth, oh. if you if it was your birthday or a special occasion mm-hmm. or um, uh, you know something that was happening that, that was special and your family said hey we want to take you out to eat or if I could prepare your favorite food or your favorite meal do you have what's your favorite either place to go eat I know it's different now or <laughs> what is your favorite dish to eat like this is your go to like every time you could give me this a nice Chicago deep dish pizza <laughs> <laughs> yes perfect if when Beth when Beth is chilling at home, and you well whether you're watching Netflix TV movie, what's your do you have a favorite show a favorite movie? What's something that you what's must see TV for Beth or must see movie? I usually don't have control over the remote. <laughs> Let me just say that. Um, no, I am typically reading a book instead okay. of watching TV. Okay, so. Beth Beth is reading. And then the last one is. Um, if I jump in your ride right now and we, we say, Beth, I need a ride home, and you turn on the tunes, or you're at home relaxing and you want to you want to just jam, have a jam out session, which what which, 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 what are you bumping? What you listening to? You're gonna get me some country. <laughs> <laughs> country. I'm a little bit country. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Thank you, Beth. Here, I thought you were. You said get in the car. I thought no, you're gonna get on the back of my bike. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Michelle. Favorite food. You know what? You could take me to any restaurant that has good desserts. Okay. That's awesome. Me. See, I love the good Eat dessert first. Different. You might not live to get to it, so you might as well eat it first. <laughs> what do you watch? What at home? What are you chilling? What are you watching? Okay, you, my you kids will we, tell you Harry Potter because I'm going to be 50 in two years and I'm going to Hogwarts at Disney, at Universal Studios. <laughs> I already got a plan. Nice, nice. And then. If you get in my ride, okay, I... Who we listening to? You turn it on. You know, you're going to listen to Caleb, because I listen to Christian music, because I need to be inspired, and I couldn't do this without the help of God, so... Amen. Fantastic. Just saying that. Janine, what are, you, what are we eating? All right. Favorite, my, my go-to dish. I'm i got to have I'm, it. Well, it's not a go-to dish, but my favorite restaurant for the last couple of years has been the Norwegian. Oh. I, uh, I like local. Local is my favorite. There's some great people, and they have some great food. And I miss their food right now. Oh, so exactly where you talk. That's oh a great place. Oh, goodness. And they have the most amazing desserts. This lady makes the most oh, amazing cake. I am not kidding. <laughs> their cake is so amazing that I went and I had her make a whole one. And I bought it for my husband's birthday. And we ate the whole cake in three days. And we don't eat sugar. Last day of remote learning? Yeah. There. She will there make us is. a cake. She will make us an amazing cake. Her name is Rebecca. Oh, my gosh. All right. I can't uh, wait. And then... Um, and then uh, movie? What do, what do we um, or TV or that? You know, what do what are you watching? YouTube? What 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 draws you in? I'm not a. I don't have a. I don't watch TV. I, I'll watch some Netflix, but uh, I'll 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 bump a movie that I just watched like a couple weeks ago. It's called The Hunt for the Wilder People. Okay. Um, I watched it three times. And I almost <laughs> peed my pants laughing every time. Like seriously, I I I've love that movie. That. <laughs> You're making Mr. Producer laugh. It was so amazing. <laughs> so if you need a movie to watch on Netflix, The Hunt for the Wilder People. Got it. And then the last one is, well, what are we listening to? I'm all over the board. I love everything. I love uh, Van Morrison to uh, um, the Ramones to ah, the Beatles to classics. 
Fleetwood Mac to Fall Out Boy. I'm all over the board. Awesome. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, um, three fantastic Riverdale teachers that we are, as a district, very, very fortunate to have. And I'm grateful for your time today. Thank you so very much for sharing uh, your insights and your stories. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great rest of the year. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the 205 Vibe Podcast. Subscribe to the 205 Vibe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you are listening now. Check out the blog, videos, and news on rps205.com slash 205vibe.